This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. And Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed? Where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com backslash Blue Wire to sign up this year. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of that huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. And when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires on the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack. Now officially in Chicago. Welcome back to Chicago Shuffle, your official Chicago Bears podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, Brian Perez, and I'm joined once again by Alyssa Barbieri. You could check both of our Chicago Bears work over at bearswire.com. You can head over to Twitter as well. Throw us a follow at Brian Perez NFL. That's Brian with a Y and at Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa, welcome back to another wonderful, glorious episode of the Chicago Shuffle. And we are embarking on another glorious and wonderful week of Chicago Bears preseason football, or maybe not. We heard word once again that the Chicago Bears will not play their starters Saturday against the Indianapolis Colts. And as of today, maybe it was yesterday, Colts coach Frank Reich appears to be taking a page out of the Matt Nagy playbook and will not play his starters either against the Chicago Bears. So traditionally, what we see in the third week of the preseason is that classic dress rehearsal for the regular season when starters play usually into the second half to get themselves ready for the real thing. When when the games start to count for real and players kind of need to keep themselves worked up coming out of the locker room to get ready for a third quarter. That's the kind of, you know, when they, these guys ad- adapt to from training camp and get themselves mentally and physically ready for that first regular season game, neither the Bears nor the Colts will be doing that this week. So 
Alyssa, is there is there really any interest or intrigue whatsoever aside from the deep roster guys for this game on Saturday Saturday night? Or are we going to watch another brutal four quarters of backup Bears football? Unfortunately, it feels like we are going to watch another one of those rough four quarters. But when it's all said and done, obviously the most important thing here is the health of the starters. As we're starting to see resting your starters in preseason and in this dress rehearsal game is becoming more popular because we've seen around the league, even as recently uh, with the Broncos, where they suffered some injuries. So you got to be careful making sure that you get your starters to the regular season where it all counts. Exactly right. And and Matt Nagy has been saying this all along, even dating back to last year, his first season as the Bears head coach, when he took a lot of, of heat for making the decision to keep guys like Mitchell Trubisky sidelined during the summer schedule when a lot of fans and analysts and media members thought that Trubisky would benefit from preseason experience. And he, the argument there still may not be totally decided. I mean, the debate may not necessarily have a clear winner or resolution in terms of whether or not those preseason reps, those preseason passes would benefit a young quarterback like Trubisky, but the risk clearly outweighs the reward. And for a team like the Bears, where there's really no questions surrounding this roster or the depth chart for for in reality, I mean, we know who the starters are going to be on offense and defense. There aren't many jobs up for grabs, maybe not even kicker, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. There's not a lot of jobs that are up for grabs right now for the rest of the summer and really the the number one objective would be to get to September 5th, that opening Thursday night, with a complete roster of starting healthy talent. And there may be something to be said about having these guys chomping at the bit to really get after it in live game action and let that that anticipation build up until they can unleash it on the Packers on September 5th. But it doesn't mean that Saturday night's game has no purpose whatsoever because, as we know, as any football fan knows, a key to winning a Super Bowl, a key to making a deep playoff run is depth because the reality is that the 22 starters on the Bears, the 11 on offense and 11 on defense, somebody or multiple players are going to get hurt, whether it's for a half, a game, a stretch of games. There are going to be guys that get banged up and miss time. And the best teams are the ones that can weather that storm, the ones who have enough depth behind the, the first teamers to 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 make up for that loss of that player in the lineup. And this third and fourth preseason game is important to to identify who are going to be those guys. What which of these roster bubble guys are going to make the most of their extended opportunity over the next two preseason games and rise above the pack and earn themselves a roster spot. If we look at last week's game against the Giants, I have the grades here in front of me from Pro Football Focus and there were a few guys who are considered important players or potentially important role players on this team for 2019 who who are playing like guys who may not even have earned a roster spot. Let's talk about for example Marvin Hall, the training camp darling where all the all the hype about him and his practice performances, he's coming off of back-to-back less than ideal preseason games. Last week he was graded a 49.6 uh, among uh, in, in that game against the Giants, the seventh worst grade on offense for the Bears. Now that grade might have looked a whole lot different if he was hit 
on target by Tyler Bray. He did have a couple of opportunities where he clearly created separation and was open for a big play down the field and just the pass was inaccurate. So one or two of those completions might have flipped the narrative around him a bit. But he's still, you know, back-to-back games where he hasn't really done much. A guy like Bradley Sowell, who is converting from offensive line to tight end this year, he had a 37.5 grade from Pro Football Focus, the second worst of any Bears offensive player. He's a guy who, you know, the, the tight end position this year, it's pretty competitive. There's a lot of guys jockeying for that third or even fourth active roster tight end spot. And while some have assumed that Sowell's going to make the roster because of his commitment to the position change, he really hasn't been performing at a level where you would say might warrant a 53-man gig. And then you look at running back, a player like Ryan Nall, for example, who was fantastic in preseason in 2018, hasn't really been able to maintain that momentum here in 2019. He had a 55.1 grade from Pro Football Focus, which was was in the the came in 12th overall among Bears offensive players. And again, that's that's not something that necessarily helps his chances to make this team, especially with a player like Kareth White, who was much more effective again for the second consecutive week as a player coming out of the backfield. He had a 65.1 grade from Pro Football Focus. So are any of these guys, do any of them jump out at you, Alyssa, as needing to really string together back-to-back strong performances to give themselves a chance to make this team. It's, it may not even be any of the guys I talked about. For example, a guy like Chase Daniel, I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's obviously going to be the backup quarterback, but he was putrid against the Giants, a 41.5 grade, and he was just he just didn't look like he even belonged. Is there anything you want to see from these backups on offense? We'll talk about defense in a minute, but are any of these guys you think you know really more so than any of the others in need of a big game? I mean, a couple of them that you're mentioning, Brian, like Chase Daniel. I mean, obviously, we know Chase Daniel is going to be the backup, but it would be nice. You know, you want to have that confidence that should, you know, knock on wood and doesn't happen if Trubisky goes down for a game or whatever, that Daniel can come in and really be that solid backup. After last week's game, you know, it was very shaky. It's not something you'd feel very confident about. So I feel like Chase Daniel really needs a couple of those solid games to put that together. And a guy like Taquan Mizell, who, you know, being, you know, converted from running back to tight end, I mean, not sorry, tight end, a receiver in a deep receiver room, just like that too. If he's looking for a roster spot, he's going to have to put together a couple of solid games. And if you're, you talk about, you know, position converts and flip over to the defensive side of the ball, a guy like John Franklin, who has had a pretty solid training camp. And I know he's had some buzz around him as a player who has potentially a long-term future at cornerback in the NFL. He struggled against the Giants mightily. He was the second lowest graded defender on the team in that game with a 38.1. He played 39 snaps and just really kind of struggled, um, especially in coverage, had a 32.8 coverage grade. And look, cornerbacks are paid to cover the receivers, especially in today's high-flying NFL passing attack. And if Franklin has those kind of performances, again, the cornerback competition is pretty heavy and steep, and and you know, he could be a practice squad guy but he needs to have a, a a rebound performance if he really wants to give himself a strong, strong chance to make this team entering the fourth week of the preseason. Kylie Fitz is another one. I mean, last year's sixth round pick, he's just completely been rendered ineffective in the preseason against the Giants. He had only a 57.0 grade. His pass rush grade was a 55.4. He's getting paid to get after the quarterback. I mean, he was a guy from Utah that 
didn't necessarily have an ultra productive collegiate career, but he was also banged up, had a bunch of injury issues. So the Bears were banking on projection and upside with him, and he really hasn't flashed that yet. He struggled again against the Giants. And Nick Kwiatkowski, the inside linebacker who, you know, I was such a big fan of his a couple years ago after he showed some promise as a rookie. He was the ninth lowest graded defender on the team with a 58.0. Again, very ineffective as a pass rusher. He was brutal in coverage again with a 47.9 grade from pro football focus in that department. Uh, is there anybody on defense that you want to see a bigger performance from on Saturday night to, in order to kind of get a stronger sense of what this depth is going to be like? I mean, the guy that you mentioned, it was the first one that came to mind was Kylie Fitz. You know, him coming in here and you see what like Isaiah Irving's doing and you're wondering, okay, you know, what is Fitz going to bring to this team? Can he bring this to this team? And especially with that depth, I mean, watching the game last week when it was all the Bears reserves was not the most encouraging thing. I know they're going up against some of the Giants starters in the beginning, but you want to feel comfortable in that depth because obviously health is something that you can't always bank on. You have to get lucky. You know, part of it's luck and part of it's the conditioning, but you want to make sure that you feel comfortable in the depth that you have. So I feel like overall, we need to see like a complete bounce back game when they play the Colts on, on Saturday. You're right, because Ryan Pace, you know, these guys have to make it difficult for Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace is going to really start narrowing down this roster. You know, getting it from 90 to 53 is a challenge, especially when you have players who are pretty closely clustered together. So a big play here, a big play there by any of these bubble guys could be the difference between continuing their NFL career or being out of work because it's not easy for a guy like Ryan Pace to be able to shave down this roster. And speaking of shaving, Alyssa, you have something to tell our, our, our listeners about a sponsor for the show. I do. So if shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the low-quality razors from convenience stores. It's totally, totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. And you know what happened this week, Alyssa? We had a slight shave down of the roster. I see what you did at, there. You know, look, we, we got, you know, we're, we're still a work in progress here, right? But as we keep, you know, oiling up the machine, I think we're rolling here, Alyssa. I think we are. They, I think, they, you know, they had a nice shave at kicker. And I'm going to take the L here for all the Bears fans who are loyal Chicago Shuffle listeners. Because if you listen to our last episode, you heard me essentially predict that the Bears would be down to one kicker this week. So maybe I was half right. 
The only problem, I predicted it would be Elliot Fry who would still be standing and that Eddie Pinheiro would have been given his walking papers largely because of Elliot Pinheiro's comments leading up to the game last week where he seemed to be pretty frustrated over the constant scrutiny and consistent scrutiny, kick after kick, looking over his shoulder, thinking that every kick could be his last. I didn't believe that that was the kind of mental state the Bears were looking for in their kicker, especially after the Cody Parkey disaster when he went on national television and pretty much spilled his guts about the emotional side of missing that kick and everything else that went along with that. The me over we theory. I thought Pinero was kind of preaching more of that me over we uh, sentiment, but I was wrong. Lo and behold, I was wrong. I take the L. I am absolutely here to eat the humble pie. Eddie Pinheiro is the last man standing from this kicker derby that's been going on all of the offseason, throughout the offseason minicamps and, pro- and work offseason program into training camp. It was down to two. Now we're down to one, but we might not really be down to one because Eddie Pinheiro is not just kicking against himself. He's kicking against 31 other teams that could have an extra kicker or two that get cut on the cutdown day. And if any of those guys grade higher, either in their preseason grades, their scout, their advanced pro scouting, or some kind of college scouting report where Ryan Pace and the special team staff in Chicago value any of those guys more than Pinheiro. It's possible it's Pinheiro versus the field right now, which I think it is. But what did you think, Alyssa, of the decision to let Fry go? And and pretty much, it's not that Pinheiro was given the job yet, but he's been essentially told by the Bears it's his job to lose. And do you think it's the right call? Do you think they've picked so far the right guy? So I'm going to give you credit, Brian, because you did say that it would be down to one kicker after this week. So you got you got. I pre- you know, Alyssa, I appreciate you softening the blow there. <laughs> you know, there's a silver lining in every dark cloud. You know, the rant that I went on anti-Pinero was pretty harsh and pretty strong. But yeah, I did predict one kicker, right? So I, I should pack, pat myself on the yeah. back a little bit there. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take the win when you can get it. Um, I, I was surprised <laughs> that they went with Pinero, but then I'm not surprised because they really do love his leg strength. And I think a big part of him winning at least the competition over Fry was how he was able to bounce back uh, after that game against the Panthers, where he connected on both of his field goals and he was talking about it after the game about how he knew that he had to make those kicks. And that was that pressure situation. And Matt Nagy is always someone that's like, okay, so not just when you're making mistakes, but how are you going to respond to those mistakes? And so ultimately, Pinero did respond to those mistakes. And I feel like the Bears feel like he has the bigger upside. But like you were saying, he has not won the job yet. And he knows that he has not won the job yet, but it is his to lose. And he will be competing against the field, including on Saturday against Cole Headland, the Colts backup kicker, who obviously will not be winning the job over Adam Vinatieri. So it'll be interesting to see how Pinero responds with now he's going to be getting all of the kicks, all of the kickoffs, all of the extra points to see how he handles that workload in this game. And then also the final, the final preseason game. So ultimately it's going to be his job to lose. I would still I mean, depending on, you know, unless he completely, it's just a disaster on Saturday night. I mean, I could see the ultimately Pinero being the kicker. And and this is like a, a different phase or a different chapter in the, in the journey to find the kicker. It was prior to this week, it was Bears kickers versus Bears kickers. And it has its own level of pressure on a day-to-day basis 
But now that Pinheiro is essentially entering a game as the guy, there's a different kind of pressure that falls on your shoulder as uh, your shoulders as the guy. Now you're not necessarily trying to win a job for yourself. You're now trying to preserve wins for a team. You're trying to put a team in position to win the game that Cody Parkey couldn't. And that now there's 53 or 52 active roster guys that are looking at your every move, watching your every step, banking on your every kick versus their own little bubble that they existed in, right? It was Elliot Fry versus Eddie Pinheiro and kind of nothing else. It was mano y mano, almost like a boxing match. Now it's, you know, there's a whole crew of dudes in that locker room that are standing behind Pinheiro, essentially saying, all right, man, prove it now. Get it done. This is your job. Don't let us down. And I think that that is a different level of pressure. And I think the Bears are playing this the smart way so that they can see how Pinheiro reacts or performs with that kind of pressure on him. Now, I think this may have been part of the overall plan to begin with, get to the last two preseason games and see what that kicker plays like, how he performs with the pressure of a team on him beyond now just the pressure of a kicker battle, a position battle, because it is different. It's psychologically different. I mean, he can't relax now because he beat out Elliot Fry. The reality is he now has to win over a locker room. He has to build confidence in the locker room because nobody was really paying attention to either one of these guys as the kicker until one of them separated themselves as the kicker. Now, Eddie Pinheiro is, in air quotes, the kicker. He's got to perform now, just like any other position player, in order to keep that job. So it'll be really interesting to see if he can do that. And one guy who never was able to do that during his tenure with the Chicago Bears and apparently couldn't do it in his very brief tenure with the Arizona Cardinals is former 2015 first-round pick Kevin White, who was released by the Arizona Cardinals on Wednesday. Tip of 40 in Kevin White's potential NFL memory because I don't know if he gets another opportunity. This is one of the most disappointing draft picks in Chicago Bears history. One of the most disappointing draft picks in my entire lifetime as a Bears fan. And that's that's going back a long ways. Kevin White was one of my favorite draft prospects ever. I've been studying the draft on a deep dive basis for many, many years. And Kevin White was a guy that I graded as the second best player in his entire draft class and thought that he would bring a blend of Des Bryant and Larry Fitzgerald-type skills to the NFL. So when the Chicago Bears were able to land him at the seventh pick in 2015, I was convinced that they had the next great NFL all-pro level wide receiver. And the poor guy got derailed by injuries, a stress fracture in his shin in year one. Then he comes back in year two, breaks his ankle. Then he has a broken shoulder or scapula, whatever it was, in year three. And then he just was a non-factor, could not crack the lineup in Matt Nagy's offense. He looked lost as a route runner, couldn't separate from NFL defensive backs, clearly lost a step from the dominant athlete that he was at West Virginia. And the Bears just said, you know, it's, it's time to part ways. And he goes over to Arizona where it seems like there's a wide open opportunity with a bunch of young, unproven receivers on that roster. And again, he's bit by the injury bug and he can't get on the field. And now... Kevin White is looking for work, and maybe there will be a team out there in the NFL who wants to roll the dice on a guy who's still young, has some physical traits that are hard to find at wide receiver. You don't find guys that are his size with what was at one time his speed. 
those guys don't grow on trees. So there, there is going to be probably a wide receiver coach somewhere in the NFL who thinks that they can take, who th- thinks that they can get the best out of Kevin White. But Alyssa, how, where does this rank for you in terms of one of the more disappointing draft picks in recent Bears history? I, I re- still remember when the Bears drafted him that night. It was in Chicago. All of the fans that were at the draft cheering. Not that I was at the draft, but watching on TV and just the excitement. And it, like you said, it felt like this was like the beginning of something great, right? You'd finally have that number one receiver, that receiver with all those special abilities that can go and really take the Bears out of being the place where receivers go to die. So it was very disappointing. And it's you, you can't help but feel bad for the guy because he had all the promise. He had all the traits. And this is now twice he hasn't, I mean, he was, he also had a hamstring injury that he was dealing with that caused him to miss time with the Cardinals. And the fact that he couldn't really establish himself in that young receiving core, you know, you have to wonder, you know, does he get another shot? You know, you, 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 you want to hope that he does because you really feel for him being derailed by all those injuries, but it, it, it is definitely probably one of the more disappointing draft picks. It's not just one of the more disappointing draft picks. It kind of highlights one of the worst well i shouldn't say that let me let me let me back up a little bit one of the really underwhelming draft classes for ryan pace as a gm with the bears it was his first one kevin white was the first round pick brutal eddie goldman was the second round pick home run ronis grasso third round pick brutal jeremy langford fourth round pick brutal adrian amos fifth round pick played way above that value but obviously the bears didn't grade him highly enough at this point in his career to want to re-sign him to a lucrative deal. So now he's part of the rival Packers. And then in the sixth round, Tayo Fabulige, who was, I was shocked that guy even got a chance in the NFL, let alone drafted by the Bears in the sixth round. So you're talking about now only a few years removed, you know, 2019, four or five years removed, whatever it is now from that draft class. And there's only one player remaining on the roster from that draft class. And that's Eddie Goldman. Now he's a key player. He's a cornerstone piece of the defense, but that is just not good. I mean, not good at all. And he followed it up a 2016's draft, Leonard Floyd in the first round to be determined. Cody White here in the second round. Fantastic. Jonathan Bullard in the third round. Okay. Nick Kwiatkowski in the fourth round. Dion Bush in the fourth round. Depth guys. DeAndre Hall in the fourth round. Brutal. Jordan Howard in the fifth round. He was great when he was here, when he fit the system, he's gone. DeAndre Houston Carson in the sixth round, special teamer, and everybody's fan favorite training camp star, Daniel Braverman in the seventh round, gone. So you could see why it took the Bears a little longer to turn the corner um, before they really started hitting their stride. The last two drafts by Ryan Pace are really what kind of changed the fortune of the franchise with Trubisky, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, uh, in 2017, and then last year's draft class looks like another home run with Roquan, James Daniels, Anthony Miller, Bilal Nichols, Javon Wims. I mean, Ryan Pace has really found his stride as a draft day general manager, but you know, that Kevin White, the, the Kevin White news and the Kevin White release from the Cardinals just brings back that first year with Ryan Pace's general manager that included a John Fox hire. It just wasn't a good start, but he was like a rookie, right? He got his legs under him, and now he's now he's ready to help. You know, he's built a roster that's going to help lead the Bears to hopefully another NFC North crown. And we're going to take a quick break here, guys and gals, and we're going to talk about the NFC North when we return. We're going to preview the Detroit Lions. So come on right back here after this brief message from our sponsor here on the Chicago Shuffle. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. 
Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Welcome back to Chicago Shuffle. Alyssa, let's touch on the NFC North here. Over the next couple of shows, we're going to break down the Bears' competition in the division. We're going to go over to the Detroit Lions briefly tonight. Minnesota Vikings will cover next week, and that leads us right into the Week 1 opening day showdown against the Green Bay Packers on September 5th, which I don't know about you, but I honestly can't wait to get there. I am sick of the preseason. I am sick of training camp. I am sick of the kickers. I am sick of the Trubisky haters, the power rankings, and everything else that goes along with trying to fill the dead air this time of year. So just let's just get back to the real real football. But until then, let's talk about who the Bears are going to be competing with uh, at least six times this year. And two of those games will be against the Detroit Lions. And look, the, the national narrative around the Lions right now is that they'll be bringing up the rear in the NFC North. They'll be the, the, the residents in the basement. And I don't think that that's a far-fetched assumption to make. I'm, I'm not a big believer in Matt Patricia as a head coach. I think he is one of those guys who should be a career defensive coordinator and doesn't necessarily have the demeanor or personality that will make a locker room buy in to his, you know, stringent and strict method of of or his style as a coach. We'll see in year two, you know, the New England Patriots and the Patriot way has been proven successful under Bill Belichick. His coaching tree hasn't necessarily had the same level of success as him, but We'll see if Patricia can kind of break that mold. And it really kind of comes down to, once again, as it always does, Matthew Stafford and whether he can be a legitimate playoff-winning quarterback for this team. Alyssa, what are your first thoughts on Stafford, the Lions? Where do you think their season – how do you think their season is going to end up? And and do you think they pose any kind of threat to the Bears at the top of the North? I honestly don't. I feel like they're, once again, going to bring up the rear in the uh, the NFC North basement as – you know, it feels – like things are normal, right? When the lions are bringing up the rear. Um, But like you said, it all goes back to Matthew Stafford. And, you know, this year the lions have a new offense. They have a new coordinator. There's new terminology. They have new tight ends. And to this point, Stafford hasn't played a preseason game. So you have to wonder what's going on there. How's he doing in this offense? Obviously he's had a lot to deal with over this past off season with his wife. Um, We know he can certainly chug a beer, but he has not proven that he can win a playoff game or be the quarterback that can get the Lions out of just mediocrity. He's definitely going to have his fair share of weapons to target on offense. Kenny Galladay is an emerging young receiver who, you know, fantasy football players are more than familiar with. He's a kind of guy who, who has some really appealing traits, and he made a lot of nice plays last year. 
really has that breakout candidate type of of feel on uh, around him. He could be a player who he's got the talent to take over games at times, but part of his production was a result of Marvin Jones not really being around that often last year. He's back. He's healthy. That obviously will only help Matthew Stafford. And then obviously the first round pick TJ Hawkinson is a, is a guy that everybody's going to be interested in watching as a tight end. He's, he's the ideal well-rounded pass catcher, run blocker, you know, three down, tight end who some compared him to a Rob Gronkowski type of player coming out of college. I'm not quite sold that he has that level upside, but he's still going to be an improvement over what the the Lions had last year and and even dating back to Eric Ebron, who was never really able to find his stride in Detroit. Uh, Hawkinson is a guy who really could be a, a really, really big variable and factor in this offense, especially we see in today's NFL teams that have that effective tight end Usually those offenses trend or 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 uh, have that level above the average that, you know, for example, it's a Trey Burton was supposed to bring to the Bears last year. He didn't really get to that level, but if he can do it this year, I mean, imagine how much better the Bears offense would look if Trey Burton was actually a dominant pass catcher at tight end. It's such a weapon for teams to have, and Hawkinson projects as a player who has that potential, and if he can kind of connect early with Matthew Stafford, the offense could end up being a lot better than we saw last year, especially if on Johnson, the, the very talented second-year running back, if he ends up staying healthy and, and, and maintaining that form or even building on what we saw last year where he broke that, sh- that unbelievable streak of 100-yard rushers that, that where they didn't have a 100-yard rusher for I don't know how many stretch of, the stretch of games that they went on without a 100-yard rusher. He broke that streak last year and he, he had a, the ceiling seemed limitless for him until he banged up his knee. Fortunately, or unfortunately for Bears fans, it didn't require knee surgery, and he's 100% healthy, so he's going to be a guy to watch as well. So this offense has the potential to be pretty dangerous, but I don't think it's dangerous dangerous enough to really threaten the Bears' defense. And on, de- on Detroit's defense, they have a pretty talented defensive line. Damon Snacks Harrison just got rewarded with a new contract. He's going to make $11 bucks on his new one-year deal. Ashawn Robinson's a solid player. Trey Flowers you know, coming over as a big free agent signing from New England. He's going to know exactly what Matt Patricia wants. Former Bear Christian Jones at linebacker, Gerard Davis, another talented guy, former first-round pick back in 2017. He's got some upside, solid cornerbacks. I mean, again, this team, I want to say they stink, right? Because it's just a natural knee-jerk reaction as a as a Bears guy and looking at a Lions team that's that's – that's an easy target to kind of kick while they're down because they're clearly not the Packers. They're clearly not the Vikings. But when you really go through their lineup, I mean, they they have some decent players. What do you think is the best case scenario record-wise for the Lions in 2019? Best case scenario? Um, best case scenario, probably 500 for them. But they they do have the talent there, especially on defense. I mean, looking at their defensive rankings last year, Overall, they ranked 10th. They were 8th in passing defense, 10th in rushing. So they were up there, and it feels like that defense, it's really starting to you know to get in sync. They're going to be in their second year with Matt Patricia. Like you were saying, Patricia isn't someone that I feel is head coach material, but as a defensive coordinator, he's one of the best. So I feel like the Lions' defense will be the unit, I think, that really takes that step forward. You know, we might see you know the Lions' offense struggle a little bit, but that defense is going to be key for the Lions. And look, if the defense is that good, if they're a top 10, top eight defense again, that's really all a guy like Matt Stafford needs. You know, keep the game close. He he can get the job done late in games. And if his receivers stay healthy and his running back stays healthy, 
and he's got a new target in TJ Hawkinson. You could see a, a 500 season from Detroit, an eight and eight year, a nine and seven year. You could see a team like Detroit surprisingly finish ahead of the Minnesota Vikings if things break well, break right for the Lions and the Vikings just get, you know, a regression or even the same level of play from Kirk Cousins. You could see the Lions maybe overplaying or outplaying their projections, projections of which you could find on mybookie.com. Uh, they, they could end up really surprising. I don't think they're going to surprise to the point where they challenge the Bears in terms of splitting the season series. I think Chicago will sweep them. I think it just comes down to the Bears defense and just overall, you know, the lopsided difference between the Bears defensive superstar power compared to the Lions offense with upside, right? They have the offense with upside, but they don't have, for example, Andre, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams. Like that, that's a superstar combination that could compete with a superstar defense. The Lions don't have that. They have a really good quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and some really appealing offensive skill players, but they don't have that superstar wow guy that has the potential to take over a, a game, especially a game that features players like Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson and Roquan Smith. I don't see them having that offensive firepower. You know, their defense might be able to keep the Bears to 17 points. You know, that, that's not out of the question, but I don't know if their offense would be able to put up that many points against the Bears in order to to, to bring home a surprising win. So I think the Bears are going to sweep them 2-0, um, but we'll see. You know, the, the Lions are going to be a team to keep a close eye on. Because while they are uh, somewhat of the underdog in the division, you know we've been there, right? The Bears were there last year this time. Nobody thought the Bears were going to be who the Bears are. Um, so it, I don't think the Lions project that way. They don't have that Khalil Mack last-minute trade to suddenly put them over the top. They don't have an Eddie Jackson type of player who's going to suddenly ascend to that all-pro top two or three at his position in 2019 unless you're that confident in a guy like Kenny Galladay. Uh, so I, I just think they're going to have a an improved season, maybe hover around 500, like you said. Maybe seven and nine is more realistic. Um, but overall, you know, I don't think they're going to be much trouble for the Chicago Bears. Alyssa, anything you want to tell the listeners before we go? Anything else that they should be doing in terms of following you on social media? Anything you want to promote here before we tie up this episode? Uh, of course. Uh, make sure that you go to bearswire.com where you can read both mine and Brian's stuff. And you can follow me at Alyssa Barbieri. We're turning out a lot of good content. We're super excited to get through these next two preseason games so we can start some actual football where we get to see the starters finally. I agree, Alyssa, and I'm really glad and, and happy to see that the, the Bears fans on Twitter are starting to throw you those follows and and the conversation from Alyssa on Twitter and all the guys who are uh, contributing over at Bears Wire right now. It's just fantastic. It's a great team to be a part of. We have a lot of exciting things coming this season. And this show as well, we have, we're have we very excited about the way this show is trending. You guys have been unbelievable. We, we cracked the top 200 on iTunes in terms of the, the sports podcast, uh, the, the charts over there, iTunes. So unbelievable uh, uh, you know, uh, results here so far. Alyssa and I couldn't be happier, but it could always be better. So head on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. Tell a friend, family member. Tell a Packer fan to subscribe to the show and listen. So we can have fun throughout the rest of the season. You know, we're going to be doing this once a week as the year goes on. If there's any emergency podcasts that are needed, Alyssa and I will jump on and provide your ears with that listening pleasure. Until then, make sure you come on back. 
to Chicago shuffle um, and bear down. Hey guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT.